Did you hear something? No. Hmm. Did I? I don't know. Simpsons, season 10. The season when uh, Homer used the forks instead of the force. Um, they all went to the Super Bowl and met Dolly Parton. All these things happen. Um, one of the best things that happened in this season was that... Uh, the kids staged a uh, subversive radio broadcast out of the billboard of Chief Wiggum telling all of the secrets of the adults in the town. And that culminated in a big musical number that parodied the song Kids from Bye Bye Birdie. I'm talking about the great episode, Wild Bart's Can't Be Broken, written by Larry Doyle. So good. And incidentally, this is going to be the second Simpsons time in as many weeks that references Bye Bye Birdie. Because in When Flanders Failed, which I talked about last week, they sing Put On a Happy Face, which is also from that. Crazy. Wild Bart's Can't Be Broken is a reference to a forgotten movie. Might have been based on a novel, but I remember it as a movie called Wild Hearts Can't Be Broken, which I never saw, but I saw the previews for, and I think was about a diving horse, uh, you know, of the type that you used to see at carnivals and stuff. And that's all I know about it. <laughs> Besides that, when the episode title came out, it was recognizable as a parody of that, and people thought it was funny. What sticks out in my mind about this show is that it is very uh, um, plot-heavy, and there's a lot of different plot points that are juggled extremely well. It is rapid fire, plot-wise, without being disorganized. Um, often in The Simpsons, when the plot is disorganized, that can be a fun thing, you know, when it's sort of haphazard. Um, as with uh, the B-Sharps episode, when there's just kind of, kind of a lot of snippets and vignettes. Um, but in this one, everything that happens drives the story forward, and we have a really tight an action-packed script. Um, you might not remember that this whole show starts with Cindy Lauper singing the national anthem at the Isotopes game um, in, you know, a pretty apropos guest shot. I like the design for Cindy Lauper. I'm sure the animators had a lot of fun uh, sketching out what she would look like as a Simpsons character. Um, and that kicks off this whole little mini 
arc of Homer hating the isotopes because they're losing and then loving them when they start to win and they get in the playoffs. Uh, which is great, you know, <laughs> immediately does a complete 180 and uh, when he sees that Kent Brockman is in the bar broadcasting about the isotopes, he disappears for like 0.3 seconds and comes back dressed head to toe in isotopes gear with a foam hand and everything. Um, and everyone is packed into Moe's to watch the game and the isotopes win and that means that they won the championship. And so uh, very drunk Homer and Lenny and Carl and Barney go on a celebratory rampage a la many different cities when that happens in sports. You may have heard. Uh, and uh, I mean, that whole thing is really funny. The vandalism that they do and uh, when they drive the car through the elementary school, ending up in the showers together, <laughs> singing We Are the Champions. Is very good. I, I also like earlier on in that when uh, Barney shakes up the entire keg of beer. <laughs> you know how you shake up a beer and and open it so that it'll spray somebody. He does that with the entire keg. Um. So that's funny. Uh, nobody remembers it because they were so drunk and uh, so there's no one to blame for the vandalism and so Wiggum decides to blame what he calls no good punk kids and this uh, immediately arouses the ire and suspicion of Lisa because she's like no kids could never do that um, and uh, the rest of the show is the, the whole you know, rift between the adults and the kids and uh, them pitted against each other, the two factions. Which is why it is such a genius turn at the very end during the song when all the senior citizens break in and spoil the party for everybody besides them. So, uh, Wiggum imposes a curfew. Maybe Quimby does too. Uh, and there's a lot of funny stuff when the curfew is uh, in effect because the kids are so pissed off about it and the adults are fine with it. Um, I like when Bart and Lisa are wistfully looking out at the fireflies and the full moon and everything and uh, Homer bursts in with cotton candy in his hand and a giant like stupid looking hat with a feather in it and um, and he's like kids the carnival's in town for one night only and there's no lines because all the stupid kids are oh <laughs> but he doesn't even care and he just runs away uh, shout out to hippo in the house and the other funny board game titles of the board games that Marge tries to entice them to play while they're inside. All boring, but boring in a funny way.
Besides the appearance of you 2 in the show, which happens down the road a piece, um, the only other reference to you 2 that I think ever happens in The Simpsons is, is uh, in this show. Chief Wiggum driving the cruiser in front of the ice cream truck says, Octung babies! and forces all the kids to go inside. The kids see a commercial on TV. Oh, by the way, shout out also to Don't Go There and Talk to the Hand. I'm sure that Simpsons writers were uber annoyed by the rise of smarmy 90s sitcoms with the the ugly jewel-toned furniture and all that like friends and and all of the less good ones that came in their wake so that was what don't go there and talk to the hand were uh, in reference to uh Anyway, uh, the commercial, not the sitcom, but the commercial that comes after it is for this um, old movie, black and white movie that's being shown at the Springfield drive-in after dark so the kids can't see it. Uh, and it's called The Bloodening, and it's a definite parody of Village of the Damned, which was all of these like creepy, toe-headed children with, you know, like deadpan faces who could do mind control on the adults. And so... The kids love the idea so much of seeing that movie and they're so mad that they, they just all decide, you know, en masse to break curfew and go to the movie. And it's really great, like, the way they all sneak in through the fence, like the little rascals, and there's even a little, little rascals uh, button in there. Uh, and, you know, they all go sort of in front of the cars to, to watch the bloodening. The bloodening is British, and uh, there's all these Britishisms that are in it. Yeah, the, the boot black and the stonemason have been rogering the fishwife in the pantry you know like that kind of thing that prompts the i think really the best ever line given to lewis lewis gets to say in your face fishwife <laughs> so that's good um but the kids are found out and so they're punished like officially punished with orange jumpsuits and everything they have to scrub this stupid billboard depicting Wiggum with his cup of coffee that's motorized and like goes up and down and it's super unfair and so they do this other like genius bit of subterfuge where they steal equipment 
uh, and do a radio broadcast. And they tell everybody's secrets. They tell who is practicing medicine without a license. <laughs> Feel free to shout out, you know, who's doing all these things. Who's stealing supplies from the cafeteria. Uh, who's cheating on whom with whose uh, American gladiator fighting partner. You know, all this really juicy gossip. And so it's that's so extreme that they have uh, everyone's favorite plot device, a town meeting about it. Um, but that, you know, they're they're even doing that during the town meeting, so everyone is just so riled up that it's crazy. Uh, and that culminates in, as I said before, the whole song which is one of the best songs in The Simpsons. It's so funny. Um, my favorite, well, my favorite visual, <laughs> it might surprise you that it's not one that you're expecting me to say, but my favorite visual of the entire song is Jasper dressed in his uh, nightgown. <laughs> it's like, that's a very good wardrobe touch for Jasper. Uh, and my favorite line in the song is, uh, Why can't you be like we are? And then the tomatoes get thrown. Oh, what a bunch of brats. We ought to drown you just like cats. <laughs> you think he's going to say rats. And he says cats, and it's Mo, and that's perfect, you know, for his character to say. Super duper good. And it is, as I said, like pretty much a straight parody of the song Kids from Bye Bye Birdie. Uh, famously made funny by Paul Lind, who can make absolutely anything funny, but he's really great at that. Um, And what finally happens, as I said before, is that the, the old people break in and they say that they're completely sick and tired of everybody and they're dumb squabbling, so they impose a curfew saying that everybody under 70 has to remain inside after dark. And so the thing that we go out on is Kent Brockman broadcasting from his house. Uh, and that's, that's the end to a very, very funny, very funny show. There is exactly one joke that I don't like. <laughs> and that's really saying something. In this entire show, when Homer says he's he's hungover and Lisa's questioning him, and he's so hungover that uh, he just ruffles her hair and goes, "Hello, Big Maggie." 
I don't like that because Lisa is not the one whose name he would forget. You know, like it, he has a history even of forgetting that Maggie even exists. So I think that it would be weird for him in such a state to remember Maggie and not Lisa. So just a you know, minor quibble. Do do better next time, entire uh, Simpson staff. For us, for the fans. This has been Simpsons Time. Kids, I don't know what's wrong with these kids today. Kids, who can understand anything they say? Kids, they are disobedient, disrespectful oaks. Uh, tempting to just let this play, but I can't. It's not allowed on such a podcast as this. Uh, thank you for listening to... Simpsons time through the debigulator for today. My name is Amanda Nazario, and I will see you next week. That's right. I have nothing else to say this time. Besides that, I will see you next week. Bye.